down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our guest segment. And uh, we are right now uh, working to get him on the line. Our guest during this segment is Mike Hammond, and Mike is with the Gun Owners of America, and so much to talk about with the Biden executive orders this week on guns, and uh, so much to talk about just what could happen over the next uh, three and a half years under Biden, and are there going to be you know any major gun grabs outside of these executive orders? What happened with these executive orders? Are they enforceable? Will there be legal challenges and everything? Uh, all of us who love our Second Amendment want to talk about, and he joins us for the first time. Mike Hammond, Gun Owners of America, good to have you with us, sir. Thank you for having me. I want to start by asking you, um, is it your view? My view is that it looks like Biden kind of came off pretty weak this uh, with this executive order deal. Uh, it didn't quite, to me, seem as sweeping as what he promised he was going to do in the campaign. And it's not legislation either. And from everything I've read, the idea of any major gun, uh, you know, reform legislatively doesn't seem likely because Democrats, there's enough Democrats that don't want to go along with it, that it doesn't seem likely. Am, am I being Pollyannish? No, I, I think you're probably you're right. Uh, in terms of the legislation, you know, there's a red flag gun confiscation. There's the universal background checks and gun registry. There's the ban on semi-autos. I don't think any of those can be done by anything other than legislation. And right now, the filibuster seems to be blocking all of them. Uh, the two significant things he tried to do by executive order, uh, the first one was to ban uh, pistol, uh, braces. Uh, what they are is, uh, pieces of Velcro and plastic which stabilize, uh, your firing when you're firing a handgun. Uh, but they're ultimately, they're nothing but Velcro and plastic. And what Biden is proposing to do in his regulations is categorize them so that they would turn the handgun into uh, the same classification as the law treats machine guns. So, <laughs> so and, and you have piss, uh, you have Velcro and plastic and foam rubber, and that's a machine gun. Now, we uh, Gun Owners of America has just litigated that issue with bump stocks, which are also Velcro and plastic and foam rubber. And guess what? The Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals said, "No, that's not a machine gun. That's." Stupid, and so I assume that Biden is going to lose uh, 
this case in an equally embarrassing manner. Uh, the other thing he tried to do by regulation is to ban, well, I- I'll use the word once, quote, ghost guns, or <laughs> make it yourself gun kits. Now, right. the, the notion is uh, if we call them ghost guns, people are scared of ghosts, right. so maybe they'll be scared of this gun right. as well. You be, yeah, the, I mean, a ghost, a, a ghost carrying a gun. I mean, I don't live too far from St. Augustine, and there's a lot of ghost yeah. tours up there, but I've yet to hear about yeah. any of those ghosts having a firearm. That would probably... Yeah, they're, re- scary, they're scary enough, <laughs> unarmed. That's uh, right. Imagine, imagine a, a whole bunch of them running around with arms. Yeah. So, uh, But these kits have been around for decades. The government has said, uh, to my knowledge, there has been no serious crime which has been committed with one of these kits. Uh, as a result, the government said, yeah, feel free to make these. Uh, they're not guns. Uh, we're not going to regulate them. And now, lo and behold, uh, Biden is looking around for uh, some symbolic but useless action to take. And he looks at these and says, well, uh, why don't we confiscate and require the destruction of scary ghost guns, and incidentally, although the Constitution, under its taking clause, requires that we compensate you for the hundreds of dollars you've spent on this, with our encouragement, we're not going to give you a cent. And so uh, this is, uh, well, basically a, a uh, move which would have no impact whatsoever. It would infringe on people's constitutional rights. It's as a result of really questionable constitutionality. But no, I, I think the left is mad at Biden. Uh, the right uh, correctly sees that he is taking uh, some horrific incidents. I think are now up to five or six attempted massacres, although some of them have Fizzled, and virtually every state in which these things occur have all of the provisions which Biden is now proposing to turn into federal law. And guess what? They didn't work when they were state law, so they're not going to work if he imposes federal law like this. If you're just tuning in, our guest this segment is Mike Hammond. And if you're not familiar with the organization, it's Gun Owners of America, and their website is gunowners.org, Gun owners.org. Mike, uh, a lot of people know about the NRA. Uh, Tell us a little bit about, before we get into some of these other issues, tell us a little bit about gun owners of America and what people might find over at your website. Uh, We're a a no compromise pro second amendment group. Uh, uh, We represent about Two million law-abiding gun owners. Uh, over over the years, uh, I, I, when gun groups have worked together, that that's been a very good thing. Uh, when other groups have tried to compromise, for instance, allowing most of Bill Clinton's anti-gun agenda to go in through after Columbine, we have fought them, and we have normally been pretty successful in stopping. All, every single word of gun control in all these instances. And as a result, I think a lot of people recently have taken a new look at us 
and said that uh, they want to be associated with this. Now, you know, a lot of these politicians are completely ignorant when it comes to guns. I, I wonder how many have even ever been uh, to a gun range or understand any anything about firearms. I have had firearms. I mean, I grew up with it. I'm also an NRA NRA instructor, uh, shooting instructor, defensive shooting instructor. I've been around this my whole life. Uh, but I would have to say of in recent memory, I can't think of anyone more ignorant about firearms than Joe Biden. And I, I point to two comments he made. One is where he went after that auto uh, worker yelling at him about he was going to take yeah. away his AR-14. And then the other yeah. the other thing he said, which uh, is replay. That would be OK. Yeah, he right. Have our AR-14. That's right. Uh, the other thing. Or he's, he can have our AK-47. Right, right. The other uh, thing he said was um, was if if you think someone is is coming onto your property, is, is threatening towards you, you just take a shotgun and you shotgun, shoot a couple yeah. of blasts into the air and that'll that'll turn them around i i just had to start laughing yeah. I said, number one it's not legal to just fire rounds off into the air and those rounds come down so i mean in terms of gun safety just firing off into the air but i'm just thinking hey that those are two wasted rounds if somebody's coming onto my property those rounds are, are wow. going up into the air those rounds are going somewhere else uh you know what, what, no. do, you, what do you think about some of these insane comments that uh biden has no made? he doesn't he doesn't know much about guns. I'm not sure he knows much about anything. <laughs> no offense to the South, but I, I think his his brain has gone South. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not sure his family knows a whole lot about gun law either. Uh, Hunter Biden uh, com uh, concedes the book that he's just published that he uh, went and bought a handgun and presumably went through this background check, which Biden thinks is such a great thing. But in going through the background check, he has to answer the question, are you addicted to or an unlawful user of any controlled substance, including marijuana? Obviously, uh, at the time, he was shoveling it in as though it was snow, <laughs> and uh, yet he, uh, so obviously, he committed a felony, a felony which is punishable by up to 10 years in prison. Right. I'm not betting that uh, a hunter is going to be dragged out of the White House and sent to San Quentin, but... Uh, uh, the uh, it, it's what do you family. make, Mike? What do you make about that story? Because I've been reading. I mean, it's like every time you think you know that whole story, it gets more convoluted. There's some uh, element to this where there was a gun that, as you're right, he he didn't disclose his drug problem, which he was kicked out of the service for drugs. So there's that, you know, documentation of it. He has admitted it publicly. There's the laptop, but then something about the gun then gets thrown away in a public garbage can. Yeah. And then, then it's that the Secret Service may have been involved with trying to cover this up. Now, this is all with the backdrop of this guy uh, driving around the country with like his brother's his brother's law enforcement badge, his deceased brother's law enforcement badge um, yeah. in, in well, the car with yeah. him. Uh, what do you know about Is there anything more to come out about this Hunter Biden gun story? Oh, I suspect so. I mean, Hunter just gets keeps getting creepier and creepier. <laughs> and uh, 
uh, it's uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it tells you something that uh, a lot of the stuff he's done over the last decade or so were censored by social media and also by the major networks. So uh, I. Yeah. I mean, Biden sat there and said, we're going to withhold a billion dollars from Ukraine unless it fires this prosecutor who is investigating my son's firm. And incidentally, he's being paid a very large amount of money to do nothing but get this investigator off of his crooked associates. I, I mean, if, if, if it were anyone else... Uh, I mean, they would be in prison. Already. Well, and they're talking about Mike. They're talking about. Uh, I mean, a few months ago, we heard the phrase "money laundering" in, in association with that yeah. laptop. In that case, we heard the phrase "failure to register as a foreign agent." Along with that, we've heard uh, doing business with uh, you know the Communist Chinese yeah, well, Party. All of this stuff going yeah. on, and then of course the payoffs to the quote big guy. Uh, but it's just so quiet. Yeah. It's just so quiet. Do you think they'll be he able to? This, yeah, he was in this uh, joint venture with a guy who turned out to be uh, an army officer of China and a representative of the Politburo. So uh, <laughs> you'd think that that in and of itself would be enough to make him a foreign agent. Money laundering is, is has actually been uh, defined very, very broadly. Any uh, any uh, effort to change the status of money which was earned in some way unlawfully uh, can be money laundering. And not only that, but money laundering is a predicate for racketeering. So if you have a couple of those offenses, you can sue him, you can incarcerate him for a large mandatory minimum. Uh, so it's... Uh, and all of that is all of that, Mike, aside is the is the tax issue. You know, I know there was like 400,000 or something in tax liens filed yeah. against him. And, uh, you know, you got to wonder, like, if he's trying to pay his dad money and they're not properly counting expenses versus income or however that money's being moved around. There's a bunch of tax uh, pitfalls that you could uh, run into there as well. Yeah. I, uh, and uh, I, I think it's clear that he did, I mean, he admitted that he was uh, uh, shuffling money to, quote, the big guy, close quote, who we, we know as his father. So uh, uh, I have, as a matter of fact, drafted uh, legislation at the request of people on the Hill to set up an independent council. Uh, I, I don't think I've mentioned this on any other program. Wow. Uh, but the independent council would investigate the series of offenses, which we have discussed and perhaps others, and would have open-ended authority to uh, subpoena witnesses, uh, gather evidence, and if necessary, prosecute in the uh district court for the district of columbia for criminal activity wow now let's go back to that that's all fascinating and thank you for breaking that uh, news tonight here on our show uh, let's go back to these executive orders the one thing that i i i'm always concerned to hear about are these so-called red flag uh rules because yeah. 
you, you take, for example, the shooter, uh, you know, in in South Florida, the high school shooting in in South yeah. Florida, Stoneman yeah, Douglas came to his house. What, what was for 40 yeah. times they came to his house? And and if I understand it correctly, it was under the Obama administration's uh, Justice Department Policy. that they yeah. were uh, basically exp- expunging the prior record before this individual was yeah. an adult. So that could not be used as a way to legally block him from buying those guns, which he purchased. Uh, he went in and bought those guns uh, at, a, at a gun shop. I mean, well, um, it w- there was no need to expunge since he was never charged with a crime. I mean, there were plenty of crimes. Uh, shooting at a neighbor's chicken is probably a felony. Certainly shooting in the neighbor's property is a right. felony. Beating up his parents is a felony. Uh, all these things are felonies. Had they charged him with a crime, then uh, he would, under 18 U.S.C. 922 D1, have had his guns uh, uh, it would be prohibited from having guns, and if he had any guns, he'd have them removed. But uh, it was the Obama administration's policy uh, not to take problem kids during that time, many of whom were minorities, and, char- and either charge them with felonies, expel them from school, or do other things. And so, as a result of the Obama policy, he was not a prohibited person. Uh, and uh, that's another example. I can think of only one example since uh, Columbine, in which an individual involved in a major mass shooting crime uh, uh, didn't uh, pass a background check. I'm not sure there's even one. Uh, every time they say, okay, well, yeah, he passed a background check, but he shouldn't have because he used drugs. Yeah, he passed a background check, but he shouldn't have because he uh, was uh, arrested or he was uh, stopped and uh, detained for a drug offense in neighboring county. So uh, in every case I can think of now since Columbine, uh, the shooter had either passed a background check or stolen his guns from his parents or others, which meant he wouldn't have had to pass them. The the single most ineffective uh, measure in federal law in my lifetime, and that's saying quite a lot. And, and, you know, even if we were to pass some kind of a uh, a, a law or, or put in place some type of a system that would stop bad people from legally buying guns. Let's just say we, you know, live in the land of unicorns and rainbows and we came up with such a system that we had a bad person detector. When they walked into a, a gun shop, the bad person detector went off and they said, sorry, you can't buy a gun. Uh, there's already so many millions of guns in circulation on the streets and uh, some of the most gun restrictive areas are the areas that have the biggest problem with gun violence. These blue cities yeah. like Chicago and Detroit as examples in Chicago. And Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. Baltimore and Chicago. At, yeah, at one time, you couldn't I even mean, carry, you, could, you, you can't even carry pepper spray uh, in some areas around Chicago. I mean, it's, and then you look at what's happening. Of Chicago. And virtually, virtually every criminal in Chicago gets his gun illegally off the black market. So uh, uh, background checks make absolutely no difference. And and it's 
probably significant that of the millions of people who pass uh, who uh, try uh, to pass background checks but are rejected. Only 12, I think, were prosecuted last year, meaning that the sorts of people who uh, don't pass background checks are sorts of, uh, the sorts of people like Hunter Biden. And uh, so they're particularly useless, but uh, perhaps not as dangerous as these red flag gun confiscation laws, which we talked about uh, very briefly. What these constitute is a member of your family. Ever had a member of your family who didn't like you a whole lot or a neighbor who didn't like your barking dog? Right. Well, all they have to do is fill out an affidavit. Uh, uh, take it to a judge, and if the judge grants that affidavit, and, and take into consideration that you know nothing about the fact this process is going on, if a judge grants that affidavit, the next thing that happens is the police show up at your house in the middle of the night, ready to ransack your house and confiscate your guns, and in some cases, if you resist, to shoot you to death. If you think that this is an exaggeration. Gary Willis of Ferndale, Maryland, under a red flag law, 62-year-old black man, uh, the nicest guy you could imagine. Uh, all of a sudden, he got a ring on his door at 5.17 a.m., went down the stairs with his gun, and ended up dead. Uh, it turned out that uh, Maryland had just repealed its capital punishment, so the only capital crime in Maryland appears to be being a law-abiding gun owner. And so these these red flag laws, as they're presented now, even before there's any due process, uh, yeah. you know, a lot of times in like a you know a divorce situation, there are allegations that are made. Uh, because people are, you know, trying to posture for settlements and custody of the children and all of these kind of things. So if someone is just accused, then immediately this red flag goes into force. Uh, if this, you know, uh, policy is, is, is allowed to be enacted. And that means all your guns are taken away until such time as you're able to prove you're innocent. Is that right? Yes, in some states, it depends on the state law, but basically that's the concept. You lose your guns, then you have the option of spending ten or twenty thousand dollars to hire a lawyer, go into court, and try to get your guns back. Of course, uh, you know if a judge has uh, already held that you're too dangerous to have guns, there's virtually no chance, no matter how much you spend, that you're ever going to get those guns back, at least in the near distant future. It's sort of a predetermined issue. But the concept of, of future crimes, of, of losing your constitutional rights without due process because of something someone supposes you're going to do in the future, I, I mean, that's the 
sort of stuff that comes out of these science fiction movies like Minority Report. Right, right. In, in which you're, you're uh, you know, executed for uh, what they think you're going to do in the future. <laughs> uh, Red Flags have turned out to be remarkably unsuccessful. Uh, John Lott has done a study of them and found out that in the states in which they exist, they haven't reduced suicide or homicide or crime of any type. Uh, interestingly, for a reason no one has perceived, where there are red flag laws, rape tends to go up. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 fascinating how there's a total disconnect between the facts because you know the liberals say it's all about science. Everything we're supposed to do is all about the science, all about facts. And this is a case where we have very little facts to support any of these policies that they want to propose. And it's basically tantamount to uh, wanting to take away guns from law abiding people because criminals don't follow laws, don't don't buy their guns at gun shops. Uh, and it's these policies would not have prevented uh, any of these major tragedies, uh, as you pointed out. Yeah. But nonetheless, it's something that the liberals want. And I find it uh, so ironic that these are liberals that live in gated communities, guarded by armed officers. They have armed bodyguards. A lot of these Hollywood types, uh, people like Nancy Pelosi, uh, you know, politicians. And of course, they've got the razor yeah. wire fence, which they just brought down recently with uh, seven, eight thousand, you know, troops out in front of them. So they're saying we don't need a wall and we don't need guns, but they have a wall and they have guns. And uh, it's, you know, for the average yeah. person living in a city like Baltimore, uh, which is completely out of control, living in a city like Chicago, the idea that the law abiding citizen cannot carry uh, a firearm for self-defense really sets them up as a perfect victim for a criminal. Yeah. A few years ago, my brother, who lives in a very dangerous area in Kansas City, uh, woke up in the middle of the night about three o'clock and there's this drug dealer standing over his bed wow. in the dark at three in the morning. <laughs> he reached into his uh, a nightstand for a loaded gun, which didn't have a trigger lock, uh, stood the guy down until police arrived. And as a result, uh, I believe my brother survived the night and wouldn't otherwise have survived the night. Wow, what a story. Uh, this is this is the sort of thing that uh, uh, people in dangerous communities throughout the country have to deal with. Uh, people in Philadelphia who all of a sudden saw mobs coming down the streets and simultaneously heard the announcement, oh yeah, we're cutting back on the police, they can't protect you. <laughs> all of a sudden they realize that the only alternative they have is to protect, protect themselves. Yeah, we're going to send a truckload of social workers though. Uh, to see if we can uh, help you in the, in that way. I'm going to open up the phone lines. Uh, if you've got a question or a comment or you agree or disagree, you want to talk about uh, guns tonight, Second Amendment, uh, we've got the phone number up on the screen on our video feed. And for those listening on the audio stream, here is the number 646-716-4041. 
4041. And we'll also take questions by email, jim at christianmoney.com. And uh, Mike, we've got a question that's been here from the beginning of the show on the email. And I want to ask you about this similar question that yeah. I had. They want to talk about uh, you to talk about the idea of concealed carry. And there was some thought in the last, you know, handful of years based on some legal rulings that we might end up with like concealed carry all over the country and maybe even not a requirement for a permit or anything. It seems like we've had some recent setbacks with that, but there's certainly gun friendly states like where I live in Florida and I have the concealed carry. Um, what's the general, um, you know, temperature of things nationwide on concealed carry? The, yeah, the, uh, it's called constitutional carry, the concept that you can carry concealed without getting the government's permission. It's particularly important now that a lot of government offices are shut down and governments are refusing to give their permission. Uh, the, there are now 19 or 20 states, forget whether... Tennessee has finally signed its law, but 19 that I know of that allow you to carry concealed uh, without a permit. Uh, most of those states are uh, among the safest in the country, uh, Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, North Dakota, South Dakota, Alaska, uh, Montana, Wyoming, and so on and so forth. Uh, states like that, which uh, in which you're probably more likely to be eaten by a bear than you are to be <laughs> shot by a firearm. Uh, and for, you know, many, many years, people were saying, yeah, no, no, if we have constitutional carry, uh, it'll be the wild, wild. West, uh, uh, people will be uh, having shootouts uh, <laughs> in the uh, in the streets. That, that's turned out yeah, really I'll, not. I'll meet you in the Walmart parking lot at sundown. We'll settle this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My daughter lives in New Hampshire, by the way. And when I helped her, oh, move, really? when I helped her move last year. Uh, she had a bunch of libertarians that showed up. Uh, it's sort of like an outreach they have. They showed up to help us unload the truck, the moving truck. Yeah. They showed up with guns on their hips. So we're in the, we're in the back yeah. of this truck moving furniture. And one of the guys says, you know, maybe I should take the gun and go lock it in my car since I'm bumping it up against all this furniture. And I said, that might not wow, be a bad, that might, a that, that might not be a bad idea. So he put his, he put his gun away, but it was, it was just interesting to see these guys. They got out of their cars and they're come, walking up to help us unload. And they're all with, you know, guns on their hips. And, uh, we well, don't we don't wear our guns open here in Florida. Our law, we t we look at it. It's funny how different states look at this. In our state, if you show your gun, it's considered a threat. It's like brandishing, they call it. But so you have to keep it concealed. But I, I love that open carry uh, because, I mean, talk about a deterrent to crime to see a bunch of people walking yeah. around with guns on their hips. Uh, I mean, what what criminal wants any part of that? Yeah, well, New, New Hampshire is my adoptive state. That's where where I am right now. Uh, about half the year I'm at uh, gun owners' headquarters, and half the year I'm in here among the moose and the bears. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but there's uh, uh, there's never been a moment in my 30 years in uh, New Hampshire part time in which I have felt endangered. Uh, and I can't say that of every place that I've been in this country. Someone's uh, interesting email here, and I've had this same question. 
have you noticed that in in the last year or so, of course, with COVID, that there seems to have been uh, like we're not getting these major stories uh, as much with these mass shootings and all that. Now, some people would say, well, yeah, that's because people are, you know, not gathering in, in groups anymore. But that's not entirely true. There's still a lot of places where people gather. Uh, Walmarts have never been closed. Um, you know, Home Depots, Lowe's, a lot of, um, you know, government uh, offices uh, are still open. Certain kinds of, you know, businesses are still bringing their employees to work. And supposedly, you know, under all this increased stress with COVID and all that, um, do you find there to be any connection? like this emailer is asking about well, COVID and, and all, the, all of a sudden the drop in these mass shootings? Mass shootings come in clusters, and there's a reason for that. I mean, the, in 1996, the federal government passed a law saying uh, you can't uh, have a gun, by and large, in any public elementary or secondary school. A couple of years later, Columbine happened, and that probably isn't a coincidence. Uh, people who want their 15 minutes of fame, and that's what every one of these killers has in common. People who want their 15 minutes of fame select some place where they absolutely know no one is going to shoot back. And so Columbine happened, and following that, there were a series of copycat killings, which just went on and on and on for about 20 years. Uh, like during COVID, uh, it uh, subsided somewhat, but uh, then Georgia happened. Then this Atlantic Atlanta killer uh, ended up uh, killing eight people, uh, getting his picture on the uh, front page of virtually every newspaper in the country. And it was a flattering picture. It was a uh, this guy, and I won't use his name because that would be what he would want, but this guy is elected prom king. Uh, that's the sort of picture it was, a really flattering picture of someone who had achieved something substantial. And following that, there have now been, I think, at least five or six attempts by other people to do the same, first in Boulder, and then in Maryland, California, and uh, last night in Hawaii. And, and the one thing, of course, virtually all of these have in common is virtually every one of those states has passed all the laws that Joe Biden now proposes as a solution to our situation. And, and it didn't work. None of them worked. They were all in place in all those states, and none of them worked. So now I think we are, we've kicked off another series of copycat killings or copycat attempts at yeah. massacres. I hope, uh, I, I, I hope the press and, of course, the press contributes to that by uh, lionizing uh, these horrific people. Right. I, I'm all for and the idea of, like, we don't mention their names. We don't put their pictures out there. Uh, but this tragedy in Boulder, um, you know, yeah. it, it, I, I often, you know, I wonder, you know, and I saw that story, how much worse it would have been if that police officer hadn't happened to be near that location when all hell broke loose. Um, yeah. and, 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 you know, if there was maybe another person in there that was armed and, and this side of it, the well, liberals don't want to talk about good people with guns 
you know, in those kind of situations, which I, I, I can never wrap my brain around the idea of why it is so bad to have people trained uh, to carry firearms, trained to understand how to deal with a mass shooting, uh, why they're so afraid of that. Well, there's another interesting thing about Boulder, and that is this King Super Grocery Store was a subsidiary of Kroger. And uh, Gabby Giffords, had, uh, who's the head of one of the major gun control organizations, had spent a long, long time trying to bludgeon that entire chain into turning its doors into gun-free zones. And she had ultimately succeeded in doing so. Hmm. Had she not succeeded in turning that store into a gun-free zone, maybe that 51-year-old policeman who was in the store would have had a firearm, and maybe the toll would have stopped considerably short of the 10 people who died. So it was, a, it was an example of gun control basically being directly responsible for the massacre. And, and guess what? Giffords got rewarded for her role in that by having one of her affiliates now nominated as head of the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. This guy uh, is, hates guns, has spent his career fighting against the Second Amendment, and now Biden is proposing to nominate him to the agency that has responsible the responsibility for supervising the second amendment that's crazy yeah it's 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 uh remarkable how hyper focused liberals are on this issue and they refuse to be reasonable or look at any of the facts uh it's 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 truly remarkable and it's i i find it uh a true genius of our founders that the right to carry the right to own a firearm was was put into our our constitution because if it were anything less than articulated in such a way in our constitution i highly doubt that any of us would have a right to legally own firearms today and even with it being so uh carefully and specifically articulated as a right, it's still on shaky ground from, from one day to the next. Yeah, we may not yet if Biden succeeds in packing the courts. So um. That's right. Now, let's take the last minute or so. And, Mike, I want to give you a chance to tell people all about Gun Owners of America, your website. What do they? What do you have available for people? Do you have – can they buy books? Have- can they buy materials? Can they donate money? Yeah. Yes, you can do all those. You can uh, get all sorts of uh, paraphernalia with our logo on them. You can buy books. We have all sorts of interesting articles. And periodically we have alerts, which I write, and perhaps a couple of other people on our staff write, to uh, alert you to what's happening in Washington and what's happening in your state capital and what you need to do in order to defend the Second Amendment position. Uh, we, as I said, represent about two million law-abiding gun owners. We're a no-compromise organization. And in many cases of the last 20 years, when other groups have wanted to to accept uh, gun control. I, I think we have seen that as like feeding the, uh, this will be a Florida analogy, uh, feeding the alligator <laughs> your foot and, uh, in the hopes that it will eat the rest of you uh, last. Right, right. Uh, 
There's really no compromising so, uh, on on these things. That, you know, you you think that that maybe you could compromise, but you can't compromise because, like you said, they'll they'll just be coming back for more and more every, and more. Yeah, every every concession they made on the Brady Law became a quote loophole close quote that we fought over for the next twenty years. And the website is gunowners.org. Gunowners.org. And Mike Hammond, thank you so much for being with us, sir. We hope you come thank back you. again and visit soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good night. Wow. I, this is the first time he's been out with us, and, and I love that guy. I mean, he was just ready to roll with me wherever we went with that conversation. I mean, uh, Hunter Biden and, and everything. And, um, you know, I know that not all of our listeners and viewers agree on all of this, and that's okay. We, we can disagree. I happen to just be of the mindset that the best way to prevent these situations Obviously, we've got a lot of things in place, background checks, a lot of things already in place that don't seem to be doing it. Uh, and my view is more good people with guns that are trained, that know how to use them and uh, to make as many people as possible responsible uh, citizen uh, you know, uh, de- deputize as many people as you can. I mean, figuratively, uh, maybe not literally, but I- I'm just saying I'm one of those people. Um, I'm typically carrying most places that I'm legally able to. And, um, you know, I'm trained and I'm ready to protect my fellow Americans if I were ever in that situation where I had to. And God willing, that would never happen. Uh, but I'm there to stand up if I need to in that situation. And if there are enough of us that get the right training and are carrying, uh, I think good guys and good ladies with firearms really are the only long-term answer. Now, I'll say this. I'm not against all, all um, you know, um, smart, um, you know, uh, reform for, for gun laws. I think, for example, some of these um, ideas where if someone is a minor and they have a criminal record, that that should be considered as to whether or not they should be able to have a gun. So I think there are things that we can do still. Uh, but you know what? Most of the uh, you know, the, the good processes and the background checks and all that are in place. And as our guest pointed out, uh, just sort of stacking onto that uh, it doesn't seem like it's going to make very much of a difference. But in any case, we'll continue to have this discussion. There's really no end to it. And the people on either side uh, seem entrenched in their positions. Not a lot of middle ground. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back next week talking about the Shroud of Turin. Don't miss it. Remember, if it's Sunday night, it's Jim Paris Live. We'll talk to you next time. So long, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>